Hello, and welcome to the Untold Hour. It's your boy, Bowser. Once again, mit out Jess, M-O-J, okay? It's an old German filmmaking term. It means without Jess. Um, she will be back in a few weeks, but I hope you're having fun with me. I'm kind of like the, the crazy cool uncle, right? Um, that takes you to Six Flags. Uh, yeah, I hope that's how you think of me, the crazy cool uncle that takes you to Six Flags. Sure, why not? So today on the show, we're going to be talking to Kamara Cole. She's an actor, a horror nerd. She is an awesome human being that also has a number of personal paranormal experiences. And I'm telling you, you want to stick around for this chat because some of her experiences were were just, uh, they rank amongst the best experiences I've heard about. Um, they're really cool. And she's a really interesting person. So I want you to stick around for the interview, which will be right after I get into some Weird of the Week. Weird of the Week. Here's something kind of new for Weird of the Week. Video game news? What? Bowser, you don't play video games. I know I don't, but Jess does. Yeah, but Jess isn't here. Right. But there's a story that is the best of both worlds coming together, and so I have to talk about it. Jigsaw... And Leatherface are coming to Call of Duty Warzone. Or maybe they're already in it. I don't know, because I don't play video games. So I don't really know much about the story I'm going to tell you about. But I can say that to celebrate Halloween and the upcoming seasonal event Haunting of Verdansk, Call of Duty is getting an influx of new Halloween-themed bundles that include spooky skins, for playable operators. Two of the new bundles are official collaborations with the Texas Chainsaw and Saw film franchises that add slasher icons Leatherface and Jigsaw as playable skins. I mean, come on. The bundles were discovered by COD Tracker, who found them as part of a data mine following the October 13th update. Now, here's when the bundles are coming to Call of Duty and for how much, okay? I've got the information. The skins, which give the costumes to operators Mort and Velican, will be available as part bundles that part of bundles that also include weapon blueprints and other themed in-game cosmetics like vehicle horns, calling cards, emblems, charms, stickers, and sprays. Man, this game sounds like it's fucking awesome. You get charms, stickers, sprays? Just kidding, just kidding. Both bundles will be available for 2,400 COD points, which is about $20 US. And it is likely they will become available just before October 20th, okay? Because that's when The Haunting of Verdansk officially begins. Now, this podcast is out on October 21st. Are the skins out? I don't know. Y'all tell me. Did you get charms, stickers, sprays too? Okay, have fun with those skins in COD Warzone. Now I want to tell you about the first ever horror movie for cats. Yeah, you heard me right. Now, the musical movie Cats was in actuality a horror movie, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a horror movie from the Temptations brand 
They're introducing a film called Scaredy Cat. It's a frightening feline tale for Halloween haunts. Dude, these two stories right now are so untold hour. Video games and Leatherface. Horror films, cats, Bowser's Backyard. Synergy, synergy, synergy. Just in time for Halloween, the Temptations brand will premiere Scaredy Cat, the first ever horror movie for cats. The terrifying tale, which goes live Friday, October 16th, so it already happened, on YouTube and Amazon Fire TV, follows a lone kitty through a spooky haunted house. As a storm rages outside, a mysterious ball of yarn leads the cat from room to room with fear lurking around every corner. The story culminates in the kitchen with the biggest fright of all, a cucumber. That sounds so flippin', flippin' cute. Tune into the film on Amazon Fire TV streaming devices by clicking on the Scaredy Cat banner or by saying, Alexa, find Scaredy Cat. Or you can just go to the Temptations YouTube page and watch Scaredy Cat. So it's out. I'm going to do it. I'm going to show it to my cats. You know, my cats like horror movies. I don't know if people know this, but our white cat, Daffy, was discovered in a garage that was owned by a creature effects artist. And in that garage were busts, maquettes, masks, rotting, decaying prosthetics from horror movies long since past. And in that environment... A child was born. A little white kitten, I think one of eight or nine, was born. And she's the sweetest, most angelic princess baby child that the planet has ever seen. And she loves horror films. I'm telling you, especially um, goo, splatter, you know, movies like, uh, oh gosh, I'm, I'm forgetting the genre name, but anything like Street Trash or The Stuff. Oh my gosh, what are they called? Goo? Are they called goo? Oh my gosh. Street trash. Oh, I'm losing my horror card. Subgenre. Street trash subgenre. You're, you're kidding me. I'm flaming out. And I'm not going to have Aristotle edit this part. Melt! Melt movie! I'm not going to have Aristotle edit this part out to make me look like a better horror fan. Leave it in. Melt movies. Daffy loves melt movies. I don't know if it's the texture or the shape, but if it's anything transforming or dripping or exploding... She loves it. My cat, Tugger, who passed away a few years ago, once watched Frankenweenie front to back. Sat in front of the television and watched the entire film full focus. He wasn't on his phone. He wasn't texting. He wasn't scrolling on Instagram. He was watching Frankenweenie full focus, and he thought it ripped. Okay? I'm talking about the feature-length Frankenweenie. I'm not talking about the old, the old short. Lord God, we are ripping on Weird of the Week this week. You know... Call of Duty's got Leatherface. Uh, cats have a horror film to call their very own. And guess what? Chicago O'Hare Airport has got Mothman. Yeah, that's right. The singular Fortean Society, or Fortean Society, a paranormal news publication which bridges the gap between skepticism and belief, reports that a 15-year United States Postal Service veteran encountered a tall, red-eyed, winged creature after work at Chicago's O'Hare International Airport last month. The worker contacted Manuel Navarrete of, of UFO Clearinghouse to tell her story. In a nutshell, the witness says she was walking to her car late in the evening after a long shift, saw a large man on an oversized coat staring back at her from the shadows, only it wasn't a man at all, and that was no fucking coat. It was goddamn Mothman Wings. Now, I have a quote from the witness. I'm going to read it as Onyx, 
because we're not doing listener stories this episode. So in a way, this is your listener story from Onyx, okay? This is as if Onyx encountered the Mothman. You know, some people may know I made a Mothman video with Onyx. And guess what? It's the lowest viewed Onyx news video of all time. Some say that's because of the curse of the Mothman. Oh my gosh. That's why I'm getting low views. The curse of the Mothman. Okay. Onyx, tell us about your Mothman sighting, even though you don't live in Chicago. Uh, I just left work at the USPS sorting facility at O'Hare Airport at about 11 o'clock p.m. on Thursday, the 24th of September. And I was walking out to my car when I saw something standing at the far end of the parking lot where I usually park. At first, I thought it was a very tall person with a long coat. As I got closer to my car, I unlocked my car, which caused my headlights to come on. My headlights hit the person standing about 20 to 25 feet from my car, causing it to turn and look right at me. I don't know. I saw that this was not some person, but some red-eyed beast. And what appeared to be a coat were actually wings, which it spread out as it turned to look at me. At first, I thought it was some kind of very, very large bird, but I've never seen any bird that stood almost seven feet tall. And I'm 5'4", well, I'm actually 5'7", and this thing looked taller than me by at least two feet. This thing then started to make some type of chirping sound, kind of like... Almost a half chirp and half click. Like someone was clicking their tongue, but much, much faster. It then made some type of screeching sound and took off running toward me. It got to within 10 feet of me and took off into the air and flew above me. And I could see it's Mothman junk. I think you improvised that part, Onyx. Maybe I did. I was screaming hysterically as I crouched down behind cars, open doors, and I dived into my car head first. I was in a near panic as I tried to start the car, close and lock the doors and turn on my interior lights. I started my car and took off out of the parking lot and flew down the road till I hit the main road. I got home and told my husband, that's right, I'm married, who also works at the same facility, and he was the one who told me about the sightings of this thing. I was scared shitless and hope I'd never see this thing again. This thing is roaming around the area, scaring people half to death. I hope the airport people decide to do something about this thing someday. Thanks, Onyx. We learned a lot about you. What a riveting story. So, although it's hard to tell what the USPS worker saw that night, it sure sounds a lot like the Mothman. For those of you not familiar with the Mothman legend, it began in the late 60s. In Point Pleasant, West Virginia, nearly 500 miles away from Chicago, multiple witnesses saw something large and human-like flying through the sky. One described it as a large bird with red eyes, and another said it looked like a large flying man with 10-foot wings and Mothman junk. Um, and then it goes on to talk about the history of the Mothman. Look, we know the history of the Mothman. We've seen the Mothman statue, the beefy bad boy, in person. I believe in the Mothman. There's also been other sightings of the Mothman in Chicago. Um, Mothman gets around. Okay, Mothman gets around, but this is one of the most recent sightings, and it's very exciting. I mean, clearly, Onyx was very excited by it. Now, to go from something uh, kind of silly, a little lighthearted, to something very grim and serious, let's take a hard left turn into this next topic. Submarine killer Peter Madsen has been recaptured after taking hostage in Denmark jail escape. Whoa, 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 whoa. Back up, Bowser. First of all, who's Peter Matson? Okay, well, if you remember the really grisly story about the journalist Kim Wall, who in 2017 went on his man-made submarine to do a story on him and then was found dead. Peter Matson killed Kim Wall and has been in prison. Now... He escaped. Well, I didn't know that. So the story that I'm reading is about him getting recaptured. Wow, this is wild. 
The Danish man convicted of torturing and murdering a Swedish journalist has been recaptured after escaping from his suburban jail in Copenhagen by taking a psychologist hostage. I mean, I think that's the plot of one of Rob Zombie's Halloween movies. Holy hell. Peter Madsen threatened a prison employee with what appeared to be a homemade explosive device before fleeing from Herstevester Jail, pursued by guards who alerted a nearby police patrol. Madsen had tried to hide in a white van, but officers surrounded the vehicle and dragged him out. They then handcuffed him to a fence while waiting for bomb disposal officers to arrive. The extra bladette tabloid posted a video of Madsen sitting calmly on the grass with his hands behind his back while armed officers watched from a short distance away. After several hours, a specialist established the belted bomb-like object around his stomach was a fake. Police then arrested Madsen and took him back into custody. Nobody was physically hurt during the escape. The head of the prison, Han Hoog, Han Hoog Rasmussen, said on Tuesday in a press conference, but she added that the incident has traumatized her employees. Oh, of course. Understandably so. Jesus. In 2018, Madsen was sentenced in Copenhagen to life in prison for, for killing Kim Wall. Uh, a 30-year-old reporter from Sweden whom he lured on board his homemade submarine with the promise of an interview. He had dismembered her body and dumped it at sea. Wow. I mean, okay. I just, I don't know what to say. I'm sure it'll be a at least a Netflix true crime documentary one day, but, you know, it might even be a, uh, a, a narrative film. Maybe we'll get Taylor Kitsch as Peter Madsen. I don't know, but that is an insane story, and I am glad that man is back in prison. Okay. Holy moly, what a wild ride Weird of the Week was. Let's get even wilder. Van Wilder? What? Camp Wilder? What? What's Camp Wilder? Wait, what? <laughs> Did I just make a joke that doesn't even exist? No, Camp Wilder was a TV show with Jay Moore and Jerry O'Connell. Whoa, let's get Camp Wilder up in here, okay? And talk to Kamara. Um, as I said, she's a horror nerd, a, a friend to ghosts, and an actor. She's going to share some amazing paranormal stories with us, as well as tell us about an upcoming horror film she's working on uh, that's a New Year's Eve-themed horror film. So let's get into it. My interview with Kamara Cole. Well, thank you for being here, Kamara. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for joining me from the East Coast. You're on the East Coast right now, correct? I am enjoying super cold weather and <sighs> beautiful leaves, and I've had three cider donuts today, so I feel oh like I'm doing pretty good. Gosh. <laughs> two years ago, two years ago in October, this time I was in Salem. Ooh. And it was a dream. It was a dream awesome. come true. It was yeah. my very own, my very own Hubie Halloween. Yeah, uh, for sure, hundred <laughs> uh, percent. So let's just start at the beginning. What got you interested in horror? Was there a horror film that you saw that initiated your interest in the genre? Was it kept from you for a while? I didn't see a horror film until I was a teenager. What was your okay. horror horror beginnings? Um. I think it all started with, um, I'm a huge book nerd. I 
love reading. Um, I used to have uh, really terrible issues sleeping when I was a kid. So um, my parents would buy me just any kind of books they could get their hands on. So I would read and read and read. So I started really young reading um, lots of different horror like um, Dean Koontz and Stephen King and um, R.L. Stein and Christopher mm-hmm. Pike, like all of that stuff. And so my mind was already just kind of keyed in um, to the idea of horror. And in that realm, like my, my own imagination was creating um, the images that I was reading. And then um, my sister, who's a huge horror fan, um, she would rent horror movies all the time. And like, I'm the little sister. So I was always like, kind of banished to the upstairs when her friends came over. (laughs) But I would always sneak and like, look through the, um, the like stairs looking down and um, I think one of the first things I remember kind of seeing is like people under the stairs and oh, yeah. um, Salem's Lot, that kind of stuff. And um, I just love that feeling that you get when you're watching horror. Like it's just like it's it kind of grows inside of you and it's like this fear that spreads and it's exciting yeah. and um and it's like you get bit. And from that moment on, I just, I loved anything about horror that I could get my hands on. I was just so about it. So um, just yeah. from an early age. That's awesome. Yeah, it really is something that uh, it does. It's a good way to put it, that it grows inside you. And then you kind of seek that that tone, that that environment again and again. I mean, it used to terrify me as a kid. And I've, I've said on the <laughs> podcast many times that I didn't really start watching horror films until I was a teenager. Mm. But once it, once I got bit, I wanted that sensation again and again. And I have friends that say, they'll criticize something because, oh, well, I didn't like this movie. It didn't scare me. Or they'll say, oh, I love this movie. It scared me. I don't engage. Uh, I don't know the last time I've been scared by a horror movie, I think I watched them because they don't really scare me anymore. Yeah. I love the way they feel, you know? Mm-hmm. My it's meditation like going is... going around for the ride. Yeah, totally. My, uh, I, I listen to John Carpenter to meditate and on my hikes, you know? Um, so what is there a subgenre that kind of became your favorite niche within horror? Or do you like the gamut of what horror has to offer or did you settle into you know my bag is slasher or my bag is haunting i love haunting movies um you know i'm just a a lover of all horror i think i tend to gravitate towards um haunting horrors like i love Mm -hmm. a good ghost story um Mostly because, I mean, if you believe in ghosts, it, then that's rooted in, like, the reality of it all. And um, and I think some of the moments that happen in haunting movies um, are scarier, and they're subtle, and they're scarier than um, a lot of slasher and gore. To me, personally, like, the idea mm-hmm. of, um, like, in Paranormal Activity, like, walking into a kitchen and all of your cabinets being open, like... right is terrifying to me and that's more that's terif- more terrifying than a man standing outside um with a hood and a knife like right like that's terrifying um to me or just like a door creaking open like if the things that are based in reality um and anything with aliens like the fourth kind scared 
the life out of me. Oh, the fifth oh, kind. Yeah. Fifth kind. Um, I was just like terrified for months and months and months. And in my head, I'm like, it's happening tonight. Tonight's going to be the <laughs> night. Right. And geez, I just hope I don't get like, I hope they bring me back. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Let me let me get back in one piece. <laughs> yeah. So do you believe in ghosts? Do you believe in oh, the yeah. supernatural? Oh, so a lot 100%. of times. I do too. And we on the podcast do. Uh, Jess is, is out of town currently, but I can speak for her that she does believe <laughs> in ghosts as well. And sometimes it that's not always a, um, a belief that's found in the horror community. I know a lot of horror fans that are like, oh, well, no, I don't believe in it. It's I just I like the movies. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited when somebody loves horror, but they also believe in the supernatural. What yeah. what unlocked that belief in you? Was it an experience, a personal experience, or did you always just believe in the other side of things? Yeah, um, a little bit of both. I think the first encounter I had with the supernatural was through my mom, um, which was really amazing because my mom wasn't the type of person who... Uh, believed in anything like she was didn't believe in ghosts didn't believe in anything but she mm-hmm. was one of uh, those folks who's like no i don't believe in that but i did see a ufo once and <laughs> right and she has this amazing story about being at the drive-in uh with my sister and um the lights them watching the movie and then all of a sudden the lights go out the screen goes dark the lights go out and she says she heard like a younger girl scream and everyone looked like got out of their cars and they looked up and she said it was a huge ship that had come over the drive-in she's like and they had no clue where it came from because it was so quiet she said it made no wow. noise, and she's like, you looked up, and you could see all the lights, like, going underneath it. And, Holy crap. Yeah, and she was, like, just as quietly as it came in, she's like, it it just slowly moved up and over the, um, the screen, and then, like, zipped off and was gone. Wow. And, and she's very clear about that. She's like, no, I saw this, and... But she'll also, in the same time, she's like, oh, but I don't know if all that other stuff is, like, true or whatnot. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? First of all, that's a great scene in a film. Yeah. A UFO visiting a, a drive-in. Yeah. Yeah. That's and amazing. And she said just, like, everyone just got out of their cars and, like, everyone's looking up yeah. at this thing. And, um, and she's like, it just was so quiet. She had never seen anything that big and that low before. Um, yeah. Yeah. And they called the cops. She said, I think people like went to the pay phones and were calling the police and they were like, oh, it's probably just a weather balloon or whatnot. And there she's mm-hmm. like, no, I know 100% that that's not what it was. Yeah, you, people, I think oftentimes people that haven't had experiences like that, uh, they assume that something like that happens it's, that, that's hard to explain and... And it kind of like breaks your mind or to have had that experience, you must be a crazy person. But when things like that happen, it, it it's it's a very rational response. I've seen things I can't explain. And then I the next day I'm like, well, that was something that doesn't make sense. I guess it was a zombie or a demon. Anyway, yeah. you just, it, you know, it doesn't then your, your life doesn't then automatically become a horror film with a, yeah. a narrative that's kind of tethered to this experience. Sometimes yeah. it's just this one-time experience. Mm-hmm. It's ma- very matter-of-fact, and yeah. yeah, you move on. And you don't know how you're going to react to it, because I've um, 
like I've had so many different paranormal experiences growing up and um and I always think that I'm going to be terrified or like right. what and it's just very strange like the way you react to things um like the yesterday I think it was um yeah yesterday um I've been looking for houses in Maine and I obviously want something spooky and old <laughs> and um but the pipes work. Um so They're right. <laughs> so I went to this house and it's um it was originally a tavern from 1806 um and like a lot of life obviously has gone through it. It was a tavern, it was a general store um and then the current owners um had it for 45 years. He was a retired FBI agent. Um, and he was the most uh, recent person to um, pass away, just natural clauses um, yeah. in the home. And so we went to see this house and and I'm walking around and anytime I kind of go into a space, I feel like I'm a little sensitive to begin with. Um, mm-hmm. So I always walk in and I'm just like, hey, my name's Kamara. I'm like, you have a beautiful home. I'm like, mm-hmm. you know. I just recently lost my mom, so I'm like, I can understand what it means to to pass away in a home that you loved, and it looks like you guys had a ton of love in this house, and so like, I'm literally just talking out loud as I walk around, yeah. and um, I'm looking in what would have been their bedroom, and um, so I'm kind of looking forward and to the right, I guess, and there's a staircase that comes up to the left of me, um, and out of the corner of my eye, I saw a man walking up the stairs, and he turned hmm. the corner and went into one of the rooms, um, but I knew the two people that I were with were downstairs because I could hear them directly below yeah. me, and... Um, and it was so fast. It wasn't like lingering. It wasn't like I had a, a close enough um, or a long enough look at him to see facial um details or whatnot but i knew that this was a man walking up there and it was um like it kind of takes your breath for a second but then it was like and then i kept moving throughout the house and i have no clue if it was um if it was the gentleman who owned the house i mean it's uh it could have been anyone like with the history that it has and the property um itself like it's such an an old property could have been anyone who just happened to hear me talking and was like, Oh, someone's mm-hmm. um, just speaking to us in general. So, um, so that one was very interesting. I think that's the most direct and wow like, in the moment response that I've had to something. Well, first, let me just say you're probably uh, the guest that with the most recent paranormal experience <laughs> on our podcast ever the fact that it's happened yesterday that's so amazing yeah and and before i forget this i wanted to ask uh the the ufo experience that your mother would experienced did you ever have you ever looked up what year that was and if there were other reports because there were there's you know re- recently there's been reports about ufos that were mm-hmm. in the in the even San Diego area, and mm-hmm. if that's where it was, I don't know. But if it was California, yeah, I haven't, and I've, and I should ask my sister because I believe she was old enough because she remembers it too. Yeah, she'll she'll be like, oh yeah, mom, mom, and I saw a UFO. Um, so it would be interesting to kind of take a look and see who else, yeah, um, saw that because that's the other thing. Like even now in my like current life, like I try and try and rule things out as I go along. Like, yeah, 
if something weird pops up, like the guy, I'm like, oh, well, is it one of the two of them? I'm like, no, it's not. I know it's not them. And this is a right. closed house. So I know there's no one else in it. Right. Um, but I also feel like, and the experience is not the same for everyone because uh, paranormal experiences can run the gamut from, I mean, terrifying to yeah. um, to heartwarming and really special and whatnot. So I've been fortunate enough to... 90% of the time have really special moments. And I always feel like very, um, I don't even know if blessed would be the word, but it's just like, it's something that a uh, majority of the uh, population will never encounter. Mm -hmm. like, like they're not going to run into anything that's going to challenge their perception of of the world and the yeah. reality and i'm like what a cool position to be in to be able to see that the world is so much bigger and more mysterious and more amazing than just like going to the grocery store every day or just paying bills mm -hmm. or just doing like our normal like everyday stuff and i think that's so cool like very cool it is it is when do you think you've just always been I don't know if empath is the right term, but just sensitive to the supernatural. When do you think, uh, when was the first experience? When was the first paranormal experience? And was it always something that felt like second nature or did it, you know, make mm. you uh, take a I step think, back the first time? Well, the first, the very first experience that I can recall, I was terrified. Um, it was whenever the X-Files had just come out and I was like, the biggest X-Files nerd, like, would not leave the house if the X-Files was on, <laughs> videotaped <laughs> Me it, too. everything. I've got a, I've got a, an autographed 8x10 from yes. Mulder and Scully that I got, oh, yeah. like, season one. I was like, I oh, gotta yeah. find a fan club address for this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and, um, and I remember I had waited until after the show, like, a typical kid like my parents had told me to take the trash out and i was like oh yeah i'll do it i'll do it i'll do it and so the show was over and i think at that time it aired at nine so it ended at like 10 or something so i'm finally taking the trash down and we're in a cul-de-sac so there's um only one way in one way out and there's a street light directly in front of um, my parents home and um so like a typical street light that casts that ring in the yeah. center of the street and then everything else is a little bit dark on the outside of it so i pull the first can down um and uh then i go to get like the recycling can and i bring it down and then um i hear nicole which is my middle name and um i turn around because i'm like oh it's one of my neighbors or something and there was um a a person in shadow, I'll say, I don't know if it was a person. It was a, it was the image of a person, that shape, that outline, um, standing just outside of the circle of light. But I mean, it's not, we're not in the sticks. It's San Diego. So it's mm -hmm. like, I should have been able to see them very clearly, like very clearly details and everything, but I couldn't. And so I turned and they were like, do you know who I am? And I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> no, I don't. And um, and the next thing, it was like, it's time for you to come with me. You have to come with me now. 
And wow. I was like, I was like, I have to go inside. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I took off running. And I mean, I slammed the door and my parents were like, what is wrong with you? And I'm like, someone outside. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and we went back outside. No one. No yeah. one there. And I mean, there. In theory, yes, there's places they could have gone, but we would have seen them. And I, and to this day, I have no clue who that was, what wow. that was. It's never come back again. Um, I've never run into it again. And I don't know what that encounter was supposed to be yeah. or whatnot. But I remember that instance, just as a kid, like very much feeling that like, um, that gut feeling like you need to get out of here right now. Like this yeah. isn't this isn't a good good space for you to be. You gotta go. So I just like left. And and to be honest, that's probably one of the only like really scary experiences that I've had. Most of the rest of them have been like kind of funny or um or just like like man, that just happened. Like we were on the Queen Mary, and yeah, I, so many people have Queen Mary stories. That yeah. place is potent. Jess, it's my co-host, crazy. has a, a great Queen Mary story. Yeah. Oh, nice. I loved it, and I've been uh, three or four times now, mm-hmm. and um, spent the night and loved it, and um, have done like some of the the seance tours and whatnot, which yeah. is kind of hit or miss, especially if you're a big fan of paranormal because you always get like people who are interested and then you get like the drunk like bachelorette exactly. party that's like where's the ghost set i ghost, know you want i hope drink? there's a sexy ghost we could do body shots <laughs> yeah i know it's i wish true. there was like a better uh process for vetting people that go on the on those things i've been a part of a ghost tour in gettysburg oh that man Maybe there were three of us that were super serious and respectful, and oh, then like no. seven that were drunk. And <laughs> it's always the drunk ones. They're always like, yeah. ready to like ruin someone's day. <laughs> <laughs> yes, very true. <laughs> but I love that. That was cool. And we um, we were just walking. And so around it was the, the experience ship. on one of the tours. The the the, no, say, the Queen no. Mary. The experience was not part of the seance tour. No, it wasn't. I mean, the historical aspect of it was really awesome. And it's always cool to be in parts of an area that you're not supposed to be. So you kind of feel like, wow, this is cool. Um, But no, we were just walking around the ship like at maybe two in the morning um, because it finished around one. And then we just walked the ship and there's no one there. And, um, And I was standing by the railing and I just got this overwhelming um smell of cigar smoke just i mean like i mean like i had walked into it but it wasn't there and i um and i turned and i was like do you smell cigar who's smoking this late i'm like you gotta really be like a serious smoker to come out at two in the morning yeah light a cigar um and it was nowhere and we looked over the decks and um my boyfriend went downstairs and he like looked and came back. He's like, no one's here. And he had the camera on me. Um, and he kind of stops and gets quiet. And he was like, um, so you should come over here by me and just look at this. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And so I go and look through the camera and where I was standing, there's an outline of a man, um, like a larger, a heavier set man and um and it's just kind of moving back and forth um 
And, and I mean, like, it's a definite outline of yeah. this guy and he snapped pictures and we told, uh, uh, an employee the next day and they were like, oh, so you ran into Winston Churchill's ghost. They're like, he's, he what? always shows up, um, with cigar smoke before oh, you my always gosh. smell the cigar before you, uh, before he kind of makes his presence known. Uh-huh. And I was like, all right. I'm like, what's up, Winston? Yeah. Well, <laughs> Famous ghosts. I haven't thought about famous ghost sightings. When when Jess and I were at the Queen Mary a couple of years ago, we had a little um, a special kind of off the beaten path tour that was given. And we did hear something, although I wouldn't classify it as definitive, de- definitively paranormal. But, mm-hmm. you know, the tour guide said it had to be. He, we were basically down in this uh, rope room. Oh. Where there was just like giant wraps of rope that you know were used in the ship, and mm-hmm. and uh, and while we were speaking, there was just this loud clang that sounded like it came from above us. And the tour guide, who genuinely was a little thrown, he was mm-hmm. like, "I'm not just saying this for you guys, but like <laughs> the where that sound came from doesn't make sense. There's not you can't access the area that's like between the rope yeah. room and the." the next thing up or whatever. He just said like, that was something that I've never heard before. And mm-hmm. we were like, oh snap. But of course it just kind of sounded like a big bang against the yeah. metal hull of the area that we were in. Um, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it definitely did get uh, certain areas we went into felt really kind of heavy or, or thick, not heavy in a yeah. burdensome way, but just the air felt kind of thick. And Did you feel like that in Gettysburg? Like how- Yeah. Was that like you walked into like heavy spots, I should say? Yeah, for sure. And I don't know if it's, but it's weird because it's also uh, going back to the East Coast, it's always a trip home. So a trip home is always kind of heavy anyway. There's family and a lot more history, just Mm -hmm. personal history. And then you're in a place like Gettysburg where there's American history that stretches back. And so the whole thing's kind of heavy. But then, yes, I did feel, um, yeah, a uh, 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 thickness walking around. And uh, mm-hmm. definitely, certain. you know, when you're on certain battlefields, um, I just, I feel like I could, you could drop me in, in that field and I, I could wake up and I'd say, oh, I think a lot of people died here. It just feels like it. Yeah, yeah. You feel it. Um, oh, man. That's of course, on I can't test that list. theory, but. Yeah, oh, yeah. Have there. you ever, have you ever gone? No, I want to get there, and um, there's a few like um, places that I want to get to. I was um, I was supposed to, um, and I can talk about it because it never went anywhere. But I was supposed to be on a show um, where I was going to spend three days by myself in Waverly Hills um, oh, Sanitarium, wow. and um, and I was like. God, I'm like that's got to be so heavy when you walk around, like yeah, that place. And it ended up not. Um, there were safety issues, so they ended up scrapping it. But I was like, I, I even myself had some reservations about it because I was just like, mm. mm-hmm. it's one thing to be in an area like um, with people and whatnot, but I'm like, I'm all about safety and like not just like yeah. physical safety, but just your like mental health safety and i was like that's the type of place that's so heavy that you want to be like really careful 
um, mm-hmm. especially by yourself for three days. I was like, oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, you'd want to have some people with you to help constantly kind of pumping levity into the situation. Yeah. I mean, you yeah, you'd be talking to yourself very quickly and then yeah. things would just go, you know, things would go yeah. off the rails. Um, no, thanks. Yeah, that's, yeah, I've never been super attracted to doing that stuff solo. It's always been with mm-hmm. friends and even if it is with friends that also take it seriously, but mm-hmm. still uh, being in a in a group. Yeah, when we would go walk around some abandoned hospitals in, in Maryland growing up, mm-hmm. um, there'd be a few times where we'd split up and, you know, go down one corridor solo. And I mean, it you know, halfway down a hallway alone in an abandoned mental hospital or TB hospital mm-hmm. from the 40s and 50s, you're like, okay, yeah, not fun anymore. Take yeah, go. I'm good. I'm okay. good. Yeah. yeah. And there's also plenty of times, um, plenty of times where um, where uh, there's just other people there and yeah, maybe other people and those that other people live people there. are sometimes that, like a little scarier than stuff you can't see. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Yeah. We had some other kids just chase us once. And oh, I don't yeah. know if they thought we were like mad at them or if they were just kind of messing with us. But it was, yeah, they chased us all the way out of there. Oh, my God. Um, well, is it something that's that's in your family? Do other people in your family uh, have a connection to the supernatural, or is it seemingly uniquely you out of your family? Yeah, I think um, not that I've heard of. I haven't really um, uh, heard of anyone um, else. I had an aunt that was just always interested in um, like paranormal things, and I, I remember the day I found out that she was, she was mm-hmm. just like. Or like aunt cool points just like shot through the roof. I was like, wow, I have someone I can talk to um, about all of this. Um, But no, no one else. Um, But I will say, and I just told someone the other day about this, that I think um, um, both of my parents passed away. Um, My mom Mm -hmm. just recently in July. And and I took care of both of them like right up until um, their final... um, like re- literally their final breath. And oh, wow. I was saying, I'm like, I feel like something about both of those incidents um, definitely attracts something mm-hmm. now. Cause I'm like, ideally I'm like, especially for my mom, cause it was the most recent. Um, I'm like, she was in a state where she was passing away, like actively passing mm-hmm. away for um, like a week or so. And even she would talk about seeing people um, Mm. like she's like, who's that woman that keeps going up and down the stairs? And she would say something else. And I was like, I feel like I was so close to that for so long that I'm like, I don't know if any of that kind of carried over. Like, um, because I do feel like when you pass, like that veil is really thin. And, um, and like I said, I've been close to both of my parents when they're passed. So I'm Mm -hmm. like, I don't know because I'm already a little like whatever and I'm like now I've been closer to those aspects so I don't know if that um if now because of that because I definitely feel a little um little different especially after my mom's passing yeah. just like I'm a little bit more uh kind of uh like a brighter flashlight mm-hmm. with things I would say but yeah it's it's interesting. I don't. I don't know of anyone um, else in the family, but um, it's definitely 
an interesting thing. Like, I don't think I see actively see ghosts. Um, I think I occasionally get lucky and yeah. see ghosts, but I do think I have a really um, strong sense and vibe of uh, like energy in areas, like going yeah. in a place and being like, mm, no, we should yeah. go. We should go. I don't think this is a good idea. Like, yeah, to be here. Yeah, and I find sometimes it's hard to, because uh, I, I feel the same way. Uh, um, I don't know if I'm as sensitive or as perceptive as some, but um, there are times w it's hard for people to take it seriously because I also admittedly have a very overactive imagination. Um, mm -hmm. So there'll be times um, I was staying at a uh, at a hotel. Gosh, th this is too much of a tangent, so I won't tell the whole story. But mm. um, my wife and I had stopped at a, at a at a hotel in a really small town in California when we had first okay. been move coming out here, and the town was just a trip. I mean, it was Eureka was the name of the town. Have you ever been to Eureka? Oh, yeah, yeah. I've pa I haven't stayed in it, but I've passed through it. Yeah, it's so, very cool. It's very cool. I don't know how to explain this, but I'm trying to remember each of the weird things that happened. Uh, well, the first was that the entire road trip, I was jokingly singing a boys to men song, but mm -hmm. like replacing the lyrics with different street signs and, you know, stops along the way I'd replace yeah. the lyrics. But I was singing the same boys to men song for, you know, seven days straight. And we pull into Eureka and there's a giant theater at the front of the town on, on the marquee. It says boys to men. That Amazing. was the first weird thing. And I was like, Amazing. I mean, this is wild. So you were um, definitely being pulled to that place. Right. And then we, I was filming a lot because I was filming our road trip. And uh, I got out to film a mural. And I was immediately chased by uh, a homeless man. Uh, all the way back into the car and he's banging on our hood oh as we God. pulled out of the parking lot. Yeah. And what I learned about the town was that th there's a correctional facility either in Eureka or nearby. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times when people are released, they are now just, you know, kind of transient, nomadic yeah. in Eureka. And it was off season. So it wasn't very it wasn't very populated with tourists or, you know, a lot of businesses weren't really uh, booming. But uh I went down a wrong way street at one point looking for a, a hotel and I was stopped by like the chief of police, the, and as the, one does. Yeah. Right. In a and small the, town. the woman gets out of the car and I, I know this is me being, uh, let's see, I guess there's, there's some generalizing going on, but uh -huh. it was this beautiful blonde woman that looked like an actress Playing yeah. a chief of police, police in like a an old episode of a, you know Silk Stockings or something. I don't know. Yes. Like, yeah. I was like, for anyone that gets that reference, but yeah. she she leaned down and she said, "Do you know you're going down a, a one way street?" And I said, "I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm looking for a hotel." Uh -huh. And she said, "Well, the you don't want to stay uh, really anywhere in town. It's they're mm -hmm. all kind of rough. But there's a Great Western down the road. You should go to the Great Western." And I was like, you mean best Western? And she said, yeah, be yeah, best Western. And I was like, did you forget your line? What is happening? 
This is, I was in like. I so- hope it was like um, police academy. Like she took her like her <laughs> right. glasses and like shook her hair slow, and she's like, "Do you need anything?" You know, yeah, you're going the wrong way. <laughs> but uh, then we found this giant Overlook Hotel-looking facility, and I oh, thought, cool. "Well, let's stay here." And I walked up to it. The door creaked open, and it was vacant. Leaves everywhere. I mean, it looked like it had been kind of set decked to look like a creepy, yes. empty hotel. I was like, I can't. What? What is going on? We stopped for coffee at a coffee shop. Not <laughs> joking. There was a man reading a newspaper upside down. Amazing. Picking scabs off his head. And then a man wow. drives up in like a Mercedes yes. and gets out and sits down to talk to him like they're, all, you know, they're best Amazing. buds. They're on You're the like same level. You're like in a time warp. I was in a time sort. warp. There was a little girl standing in, in a in a... Uh, gathering of pigeons, just looking at them. But all this to say, we finally go to not the Great Western, some other motel, <laughs> and it's it's you know very seedy. It was yeah. not a good place. I was mm-hmm. kind of grieved just by the vibe of it, not even on a yeah. personal, or, I mean supernatural level. But in the middle of the night, I have a dream that somebody comes out of the bathroom and just starts stabbing me. Oh my god! And it had no. It was one of those dreams where it looked exactly like the room I was in. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it, nothing was different. It wasn't like, but the guy that came out of the bathroom was actually a giraffe. It was like, no, it was yeah. all completely grounded in realism. And I woke up from that dream screaming at the top of my lungs. And I said to my wife, I was like, we got to go. We're not. I, I mean, it's, yeah, we're out. Yeah. And she was like, what are you talking about? Like, I just had a dream. Guy came out, stabbed us. This place has creeped me out all night. This town creeps me out. We're getting yeah. the fuck out of here at 4.45 a.m. And she was like, no, 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 we're not doing that. We So I had to just stay in bed with my wife and my eyes wide open until six o'clock. Just but anyway, but that all night. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a little micro naps. But I felt very bothered by that environment. And I don't think it was just the fact that it was, you know, yeah. a kind of seedy motel. There was a lot yeah. of, you know, bad vibes there. Um, you got to listen to that stuff, too, because I definitely feel like you were... Like, you are equipped with a lot of um, inner sensors that right. go off when, like, I mean, you have sensors when there's bullshit, when someone's, like, talking totally. and you're like, all right, cool. Um, but there's also, like, so many just, like, instances in your body that just, like, before, pro- probably before even you sense them, you're like, oh, why does my heart feel like it's fluttering? Oh, I'm feeling very tight. Like, what is this feeling? Yeah. What am I feeling? And like, I definitely think like we just have to listen to that stuff more often because you probably mm-hmm. had stuff all the way, like you said, um, leading up to that point where your right. body was probably like, we don't even want you to get to the fucking murder hotel. So <laughs> exactly we like, l- like pay attention, look around, look at all these weird fucking people. Totally weird ass shit. Like, boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Like, there's just like stop signs going off and they're like, he won't listen. He's still going. He's exactly. going to the murder hotel. <laughs> exactly. That's what it felt like. And you sound like just, you know, off your rocker. If you explain that to your your, your partner, you say, look, I've been getting signs. You can't. We got to get out of here. I will say this. One of the restaurants that was open, even though it was off season, uh, was right on the water, I believe, and it had a great fried oyster sandwich that I've wanted again ever there since you go. then. Um, well, you mentioned that you had some experiences that were even like fun or funny that were yeah. paranormal. What are what are those like? If you can give me any 
glimpse yeah. into some of the the lighter paranormal experiences. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I've been, a, we, I think it was New Orleans that we went to. Um, and um, there's some hotel, and I don't remember the name of it now, but we were just doing like a ghost tour. And um, and they were talking about like how, oh, it used to be like a boy's home. And, um, and so there have been like ghost kids that have been seen like running and they play tricks and jokes and all of this thing and um and i think one of the little guys was like playing a joke with me um like just kind of like a kid will do like you kind of like push to see how far you can go and like i felt someone kind of like run past me like but low like like this person was low and it Mm -hmm. like it kind of brushed past my thigh and i was like okay all right and then, um, like, just behind me, I heard just, like, the slightest, like, giggle, like, just, like, mm-hmm. a little bit. And I was like, all right, all right. <laughs> um, I see your game. Yeah, and, exactly. <laughs> um, and I just kept kind of feeling like that, like, this little kiddo. And I, could, I never saw anything. Um, but, like, kind of in my mind's eye, like it was like I could, like I could see this little kid peeking around corners as we walked through this hotel, like, ooh, ooh did she feel me run past her? Yeah. <laughs> um, and I just kept having little uh, little instances like that where I would feel like a little tug on my shirt, like a mm-hmm. low tug, like a kid trying to get your attention. And before I left, um, um, I grabbed like a brochure from the, um, from one of the front desks and I folded up and I made a little, a paper airplane and that's I was like, cute. here you go. I was like, here you go, buddy. And I just left yeah. it on the ground for him. And that's awesome. Um, oh, you know what? There was a really, and I just remember this and it's, I'll, I'll make it a fast one, but, um, oh, it's so all good. I the, love these. So, um, I have always worked camps, um, and I worked at this camp as a counselor and um, there was no returning staff, which is very strange for a camp because camps always have high retention rate. Um, yeah. People love being camp counselors. They always come back year after year until they age out, basically. And so um, when I got there, there was no returning staff. We were all new. And I was like, that's kind of weird. Um, so we would go through our like normal like days with the kids it was in um descanso um which is just a little north of uh i think like northeast i would say of san diego or east east of san diego i'm sorry not north Mm -hmm. um and so i was by myself walking down a path um at night i just had my flashlight and um i'm going back to the main hall i went to grab something and i hear like rustling in the bushes um which is not uncommon there's coyotes there's uh rabbits there's all deer all kinds of stuff so it didn't really occur to me that it was anything strange um so i just kept walking and then i heard footsteps behind me like that were distinct footsteps in the um like uh the top layer of dust and then there's a harder um like compact um Mm -hmm. mud or dirt underneath and i turned around and i didn't see anything and I kept walking, and as I sped up, I could hear the footsteps behind me speed up. And um, and now I'm getting a little nervous, and I start walking even faster, and I get to the point where I'm kind of jog running, and I look back, and I can see footsteps in the dirt, like 
wow. catching up behind me. And I lost my shit. I just like barreled into the um, hall and I was like, something just chased me down the hill. And no one believed mm-hmm. me. They were they thought it was so funny. And I'm like, I'm being very serious. And I'm like, and it scared me a lot. I'm like, something chased me down the hill. Yeah. And no one... Um, no one believed me. And so the next week we had a returning staff come back um, and we ended up bunking together. And I told her what happened and she was like, oh yeah, that's the black cloud. And I was like, uh, huh. the what? The who? Um, and she's like, yeah, the black cloud. If you're by yourself, it will chase you down and knock you down. And I was wow. like, holy shit. And so... um. I was like, okay, well, I'm just not going to walk by myself. I'm not going to walk by myself. And for whatever reason, I ended up being by myself. I had to go get a kid's medication. And I had had a really bad day. I don't remember the particulars, but it was just a bad day. And I'm coming back and I heard the rustling in the bushes again. Mm-hmm. And I was like, not today, motherfucker. I'm like, this is not... <laughs> We're not doing this. And I was just so fed up that it was like, I was so angry that it trumped being scared. Right. And I remember like, I, I heard the footsteps again and I turned around and I was like, look, I have had a really bad day. I'm wearing flip flops. I can't run down this hill. I'm like, please do not chase me. (laughs) (laughs) And, and it left me alone for the rest of the summer. I never had another um, encounter. And I just thought that was like hilarious. Like this ghost is like, oh shit. Sorry. Look, I, this is fun. Uh, Just jokes, just jokes. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just (laughs) fucking around. But you know, it's interesting because I do think a reason that people are scared to have these encounters, you know, people that haven't had them, is that there's this, and not to say there isn't danger, because I'm sure some people could be affected by a ghost, And but I think there's this uh, almost like mythological uh, um, sentiment around the experiences that are like, well, if I see a ghost, it's going to, it'll, it'll be, I'll be possessed in in a moment, in a breath, I'll be possessed Mm -hmm. and I'll, I'll lose my sanity or It'll, it'll be like something out of The Conjuring. It'll be like something out of a horror film. When in reality, whenever I've had experiences, we were filming a music video once in, a, in a, 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 an abandoned, not abandoned, but like a shut down mental hospital. And, oh, okay. And uh, we heard children laughing in the middle of oh, the wow. night. And, and I remember in some of my crew just walked, <laughs> but <laughs> the, the wardrobe stylist is like, I'll be in the van. I mean- Y'all are good. Yeah. I gave you the clothes. I'm out. Because yeah. a number of us heard it. And I remember feeling, okay, so so something's here and we're here. And mm-hmm. we're making a music video and they're doing whatever they're doing. But there there wasn't this fear of, oh, no, now is it inside me? Am I possessed? Oh, you know, yeah. it's, you have agency still. And especially if you're respectful. And I do think there's something to kind of stand on your ground and speaking um, even like boundaries out loud. I'm not saying this is yeah. a surefire way, you know, the Freddy Krueger no, approach sure. doesn't always work. Yeah. But I do think um, in moments that I've had where there have been paranormal encounters, I've actually f- felt very like, oh, yeah, and I'm my own person, and I may tell that thing to not, yeah. not touch yeah. me and not approach me. And it's yeah. not all, I know we're talking about ghosts, but I was just about to say, it's not all magical. <laughs> Yeah, but it, it but isn't. I mean, that makes sense because even yeah. with people, I think, like, if again, if you believe in ghosts, like people forget, like these for the most part, 
these are just people who right like, these used to be people and i'm like just imagine what it would be like if you if you went through your day just a day like or even an hour where you just walked around and people that you were familiar with or even people that you weren't just completely ignored you 100 percent right. walked past you never gave you a second look like how frustrating that would be to just not be um acknowledged and yeah and that's kind of what I think about. And like you're right, like it's not always the same thing because every instance is different. But like for myself, whenever I've gone someplace, like I do just, I like try and make a blanket statement like, hey, like my name's Kamara. I'm just here doing A, B, and C. Like, right. thank you very much for letting me be here. I'm only going to be here for about 15 minutes. Like if you're curious, you can come and look. But I'm like, I'm not going to like bother or disturb any of your stuff. So I mean, I think right. there's is something to like acknowledging especially if you're aware that and like this place is like haunted or whatnot yeah. um but like just respect like for the most part it's just i mean and you still might encounter something that's like eh, fuck you totally knock you down the stairs <laughs> for sure for sure <laughs> take your apology and fuck off <laughs> yeah exactly yeah have fun have fun talking all big yeah. um well before we let you go tell us uh, yeah. what you can about the film that you're working on coming up and and if you can the the creative team behind it and i know yeah. I, I i saw it written about on bloody disgusting there was a successful crowdfunding campaign it's a yeah. new year's eve horror movie correct it is it is um very fortunate to be able to um be a part of it Corey norman's directing um and we've got some uh, amazing castmates um um and it's just centered around a group of um teachers in new england uh basically well in the main area and uh they're all together for new year's eve and they receive a package and they have to basically survive the night and um i'm very excited because there's going to be all practical effects and that's such a huge yeah. thing when dealing with horror because i mean you know so much um can be kind of uh made up with uh after effects and all mm -hmm. of that goodness but um they're working hard on with a practical practical effects team and um and I'm very excited to be freezing in Maine yeah. in the dead of winter doing these night shoots. And um, I told them I had one stipulation when I came on. I'm like, look, I just want to see a moose. Um, right. I don't know if you can make that happen. I'm like, if you can, if I can pet a moose, maybe give yeah. me an apple. I'm there. I'm there. Yeah. So apparently I'm going to be able to meet a moose. That's I'm very excited great. About that. Did they write She's a scene in an with, you, with your character and a moose <laughs> that at your request? That would be a I bold know. move. I'd love I that. Know. I'm like, can we work this in? I don't care how it happens. I'll yeah. do it. It's fine. That's so, amazing. Yeah. I'm excited. I don't know if, if there's anything uh, more fun than the idea of shooting a horror film yeah. Uh, in, in on the East Coast during the winter, I know it'll be yeah. it'll be physically trying, but so rewarding. And that's when you want to be making a horror movie. Yeah, you want it to be and cold. I, you want to see your breath. You want to be out there yeah. running around be the snow, freezing, yeah. just like absolutely like 
uncomfortable and whatnot. Um, and I will say this, um, and I've learned this in general, um, is that we did a crowdfunding campaign and there really isn't a better community that I've seen than the horror community. Yeah. And, um, and I know there's a lot of like funky stuff that happens and whatnot, but Mm -hmm. for the most part, I've never met a more generous group of fans, um, a more um, supportive group of um, collective artists from yeah. special effects to actors to directors who genuinely want the genre to thrive mm-hmm. and who are always, and I've seen it, uh, I've watched it happen where someone's like, you meet and you just gel and they're like, you're into horror. And then you might get a call and be like, Hey, I want you to meet this person because they're into horror too. And it's just like, yeah, everyone's always looking out for each other. And so, um, I, I'm so blessed and like honored to be able to work in like a genre that I love and like have such a cool, uh, community of like friends and, and whatnot who all love, love this crazy bloody mm-hmm. amazing genre that we are all in i love it too and i have to agree there's there's also there's a there's a second hand uh is it second hand yeah like there's just this way of communicating with each other because we've all come up on the same movies and even if we have blind spots i mean i think you're the one that told me i needed to watch serpent and the rainbow yeah <laughs> and i'd never seen that you know i was aware yeah. of it and i i think i knew it was west craven but but i watched that after you told me to watch it it's wild right it's wild and i was like now it feels like a movie that i couldn't have gone without i don't know how <laughs> I, but so even in that sense like there's the language that horror fans speak you yeah. know uh which one of this franchise is your favorite or are you kind of yeah pro uh you know revising the halloween timeline or not and yeah you know yeah uh i don't know why this came to mind and i think loyal it's because too oh it's like, so loyal super loyal like we'll follow you and follow um like the fan base for so many different things is yeah. just so cool to watch like that's one of my favorite things is going to um the horror conventions and i used to do yeah uh, midsummer scream because it falls on mm-hmm. my birthday every year and it's like nothing cooler than to just see people who like spend maybe the little money that they make or have yeah. just to m- make these amazing costumes. They don't get anything out of it. The, the only thing they get is the love of like showing it off to a yeah. community that they know will appreciate what they've done. And I think it's just so cool. I I was at Comic-Con once and... I'm such a big horror convention fan. I, I love Monster Palooza and Midsummer Scream, yeah. and um, and I and I've been to Texas Frightmare in Dallas a number mm-hmm. of times. That's a great one. Had like yeah, a, that's a ton of fun. Had a martini with Dario Argento. He was just sitting at the bar, and so was Ric Flair and Tony Todd. I mean, just <gasps> oh my you know, gosh, and then what a like amazing oh, it, mashup. It was a dream. And then Rose McGowan and David Arquette sang Scaryoki, and and. No, yeah, and and there nothing was. Uh, they were all kind of just hanging with the fans. Like nobody, yeah. you know, followed them back to their room or you know bothered them on the elevator. They were just mm-hmm. really like kind of with the fans. And then when they were like, "All right, man, we're calling it," everyone was chill. It Everyone's was such like, a yeah, yeah. It was such a cool environment. 
But um, uh, I, my theory is that one of the reasons why the community is so supportive, especially of talent that, that came from that genre, is that, and I don't know how this theory can be tested, but for for I don't know if currently, at least for a time, being in a horror film, it uh, you could be looked down yeah. for being in a horror film. As an actor, yeah. it was kind of like being in a soap opera, you know? Exactly. Being in a horror film or, or you're a scream queen or you're known for being in Friday the 13th. And mm-hmm. it wasn't really very uh, respected. So the genre kind of has to support and respect itself. We have to... I want to keep giving those actors work because they gave themselves to the genre, even to where it might have hurt their careers in some ways because they became known for this run of of monster movies. And it was maybe harder for them to get work that the industry saw as more legitimate. So as Mm -hmm. a horror fan, I want those people to continue to work to support the genre. And I want to make films that, you know, support them and vice versa. And the horror genre is so good about I will say about giving new talent um, a avenue to really be seen. Yeah. Because um, it's the one place where it's like no one cares who's in it. And and I right. mean that in the in the best possible way because that's that's not necessarily what you're there for. Like the the cast is this ensemble um, of players ready to take on whatever monster or whatnot. Mm -hmm. So it's always been this really cool space where, um, you, it's just your talent, like your talent, like gets you in the door. Like you don't have to have this name and some great names have like, are always coming out of horror. Like Mm -hmm. always, always like you look up and, and you see like, Hey, like this is, um, this is a world where, comedy tragedy and everything in between collide and reconnect and flip over each other for an hour yeah nonstop. right you have that and there's very few people that can go back and forth from horror to other things and um totally like i said it's just a cool i'm ride or die like till the very end i'll always like be a hundred percent for the horror community yeah, same here. And I often wonder, do fans of other genres have that same community? Like, are, are, are fans of The English Patient getting together? <laughs> like, are, if you're just a drama head, you're like, I just love long dramas. And I love a long drama. And, you know. Yeah. But my, my favorite filmmaker is is arguably a, a dramatic filmmaker. But it's Michael Haneke. So he also does things like Funny Games or Benny's mm. Video, where there's horror elements i mean there's yeah really terrifying things in his films and i just don't know i uh, yeah i don't i have there's nothing horror films deal with the the things that i'm most interested in seeing in film mm-hmm. um well thank you so much for giving us your time and let people no know problem. a where they can find you on social media and then if there's any social media already for times up the new year's eve horror film yeah throw that out there but how can people find cool. you and track your projects no problem. So if you feel so inclined, um, <laughs> you can find me on Instagram at Kamara Nicole. And it's um, N-I-C-H-O-L-E because I got to be different. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, Kamara Nicole on Instagram. Time's Up is also on Instagram and Facebook. Um, just search the title. And um, and it's 
on hiatus right now, um, but we will be coming back uh, with uh, my best friend and I have a podcast called Camp Out Creeps, mm-hmm. where we take in uh, amazing real ghost stories and bring our um, improv comedy background to those said stories and kind of give our take, um, give it a comedic spin, which makes it a little less scary. So <laughs> Awesome. Well, again, thank you for being here, Kamara, and best of oh, luck to everything me. you're working on. Thank you. Well, those were some amazing stories. I'm so glad she came on the podcast. I can't wait to see Time's Up. Uh, you can Google Time's Up horror film. Go to Bloody Disgusting. They have an article on it. Had a very successful crowdfunding campaign. Some amazing cover art. I'm sure we'll be seeing more on that film soon. I want to thank all of you for listening to another Bowser solo episode. We hope Jess is having fun out there doing her crazy thing. And until next time, this has been Andrew Bowser, and you've been listening to The Untold Hour. Bye! Untoldians, that is it for this episode of The Untold Hour. Thank you for joining us on this weird and wild ride into the bizarre. If you are interested in sharing your own story of the weird, send us your listener stories to theuntoldhourpod at gmail.com. Come join the Untold Hour Convo over on my Discord server and our Facebook group. And you can follow us on our socials, Instagram at The Untold Hour and at Untold Hour Pod on Twitter. Star Bands Audio, a, podca- <clears throat> a podcast network.